We have to create a culture change within law enforcement, break the cycle, and say, you know what, maybe we're all broken in some way, and don't pass the blame, accept where we're at, put your best foot forward, and make a positive change. These people care, and they want to come home safe, but not just safe as physically, mentally they want to become safe and and lead a very rewarding and self-fulfilled life. Hello and welcome to the Forward Resilience Podcast. Here we're going to be talking to experts in the field and true heroes that understand the impact of mental and physical resilience for first responders. Hi, my name is Lacey Wolf. And I'm Chris Wolf. And we're a first responder family dedicated to improving the lives of first responders through education and training. Lacey is an exercise physiologist that specializes in mental resilience. And Chris is a professional firefighter that has a background in outdoor education. Hello, listeners. Welcome back to the Forward Resilience Podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Lacey. My lovely co-host, as always, except this time, Lacey really takes on the majority of the burden. Uh, She recently took a trip up um, to, where were you? I was in Rapid City, South Dakota. Beautiful. Saw pictures. amazing. I never have gotten to go there. But uh, we're going to have to go. It's a beautiful place. So Lacey uh, gets to be part of the FBI National Academy Officer Safety and Wellness Committee. And I had a chance to hang out with them a few years ago now, but I haven't been been back with them. But uh, Lacey's still plugged in. And what they do is they go around uh, the country and actually teach the resilience techniques that, that we got from the Air Force to law enforcement officers. And if you're fire out there, uh, you know, there's people doing the same thing with fire. They're just not involved with the FBI National Academy Mm -hmm. Associates. Yeah, this is a great opportunity to get out and share this information with uh, agencies and departments so that they can create their own sustainable resiliency program wherever they are. Um, A lot of times we go to great training and you walk away and you think, oh, that was that was really good. Um, I wish we could do that for all of our officers. Well, that's exactly what we're doing with this training is we're teaching people so that they can actually own it and, and transmit that information all the way out to all other people. So our guests this week are two people who I just um, think are amazing humans, Tony Barthuli and Joe Moranowitz. They're both trainers along with me as a part of the FBI National Academy Officer Safety Wellness Committee um, Resilience Training Course. And they're amazing trainers. These guys can own a room. And um, I learned a lot from just listening to them. And their experience that they apply to the training was above and beyond um, anything I've heard. And so, um, again, I was just really grateful for the opportunity to, to teach with them. And I thought that all of our listeners could benefit from hearing what they yeah, have to say. Yeah, you get people like that, why not? And yeah. and for people that don't know what's going on, I'll explain it as a layman for folks that are out there <laughs> listening. Uh, so you'll hear them talking about uh, the FBI, NA, and basically what that is, is uh, everyone knows what the FBI is, and they actually host uh, where uh, up-and-coming leaders uh, through police departments, not only all around the nation, but around the world, get to come in to Virginia. Quantico. And, yeah, get to train uh, at the FBI. And I don't know exactly what they learn over there, but it's all kinds of uh, police. Huge focus on health and wellness leadership, um, in current trends and things that are going on in law enforcement. 
Um, it's a wonderful training from what I understand. Obviously I haven't been through it either. Um, but I, I love, I love what they do. It's, um, it's something that is, uh, changing the world, I think yeah. in, a, in a really good way. It's really neat. Done a lot of positive things for law enforcement in the, in this country and the world. What's really neat about the FBI and A is the people that they select to go are all really neat, uh, dynamic, uh, energetic people. And, uh, and so it's really neat that I got to meet many of them. And, uh, it's cool that Lacey and, and these guys get to go out and, and keep on training. Yeah. So enjoy listening to, to Tony and Joe. We call him Chicago Joe because we have a couple of Joes. Hopefully I'll get the other Joe on a podcast in the near future. Go ahead, Joe. Awesome. Well, thanks for having us, uh, Lacey. But yeah, we're here in uh, Rapid City and we've got about 20 students in mm-hmm. the class. And there's, as you said, three instructors, and it's resiliency course, uh, kind of with 12 blocks. And uh, why do we do this? It's near and dear for me personally. I'll let Tony answer for himself, but it's just the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think there's uh, a definite need for this throughout the country, not just here in South Dakota, but everywhere in law enforcement. You look at stats, uh, the unfortunate mm-hmm. uh, act of what they do sometimes, and they're really depressed, or they don't know what to do or where to turn. and Hopefully, this can be somewhere that we can give them some extra tools on their tool belt that they can possibly go to and, and turn to to help them through some struggles. Can you tell the people who don't know you what you do? Sure. Yes. Uh, I'm from a suburb outside the Chicagoland area. It's called uh, Addison, population of about 38,000, 72 sworn officers. Um, our administration fully supports this, fully supports resiliency and, and helping out other officers and and paying it forward. Um, I'm a deputy chief there, but to me, uh, a title means nothing. Yep. I'm just a uh, regular old Joe that just wants to help officers. Literally regular old Joe. Regular old <laughs> Joe. That's what I am. And then there's Tony here. Yeah, I'm Tony Barthouli. I was uh, chief of police. I um, had a 33-year career in the city of Fond du Lac in Wisconsin, about 45,000 people. Worked my way up through the ranks. Three months before I retired, we had an officer involved death. And um, it was traumatic, and it was something that I seen really needed to be addressed was the officer resiliency and wellness. And then when I retired, I was the training and standards director for the state of Wisconsin and ended up being the administrator for the Division of Law Enforcement Services. And the amount of suicides we saw increase in the last several years in Wisconsin and nationwide, this is our way of giving back. Um, the officers will do the best they can. Um, and the suicide rate and some of the problems they have is just something that we need to bring this wellness and resiliency forward. And it's just, for me, an opportunity to give back to a great profession. Yeah. I have really enjoyed teaching with both of you because you bring both of you very unique perspectives. And me, as a, as a non-commissioned person who is just really in this to try to help and you know, um, improve wellness and resiliency for our first responders. Um, I learned a lot from both of you. Thanks. And, Thank you. Um, you know, teaching teaching these blocks, can you talk, as we go through, basically, Joe already said, we do 12 blocks of instruction. Which of these pieces of resiliency kind of resonated most with you when you went through this? And, and what do you think is most beneficial, you know, as far as what we're teaching today? Well, I got to tell you that... Um, this is my third time through this, and I know Joe and you have a lot more experience, but just sitting in the classroom and talking about toning your blessings and, you know, what you're grateful for and 
it's just remarkable listening to the officers, some of the things that go through in their lives, and people don't know really what an officer goes through, but they're really struggling sometimes, trying to balance what they do, seeing the ugly part of life, and then going home and trying to have a normal um, relationship with their family. It's this resiliency and wellness, I think, that really makes a difference. Absolutely. Yeah, and to, to expand on that a little bit more, uh, I always see it, I'm not a teacher in this class, I'm more of a facilitator. And the class should be open enough where they can help teach us too. I've learned a lot from Tony and Lacey, respectively. Um, to me, it's more of the family life. Sure, we all have professional struggles, and we get in those ruts, right? Mm-hmm. You don't get that promotion, you don't get that appointment, and you work your butt off for it. And how does that affect you at home? Are you a good father? Are you a good husband, a good wife? Whatever the title is, um, how are you as a brother? How are you as a, a son? Can we all get a little bit better? The answer is yes, but how do we do it? And so we try to teach them through gratitudes and blessings and goals. And uh, somebody taught me this, uh, Colonel Randy Rickert, who we also teach with, who was with the Air Force, said, we're going to teach you what you learned in kindergarten that you just forgot to apply to your everyday life. Very accurate, right? Very simplistic, to the point. And, yeah, we just we get in those ruts. We forget how to live life well and accordingly and, and right. You said that today when you were talking about spiritual resiliency and you were talking about just treating people with kindness, people everywhere around you. We forget that. You said treat people the way you want your kids to treat somebody. Right. I love that. Because what do you do at home? You yeah. teach your kids, hey, be be kind, say please, say say thank you, right? right? I mean, these are elementary mm-hmm. things that we instill in our kids. And is it a do as I say, not as I do? And especially if you have little kids, who are they watching? They're watching you. I don't care how old you are. You can be a grandpa like Tony is. And he's going to set that example for his grandson. Right. And he's going to say, this is how... It's the right way to live, and we all know the right way to live. But we all some, have to be reminded. Yeah, we do, because you know what? Yeah. We're human. We're not perfect. We make Absolutely. mistakes. Absolutely. So this class that we're teaching here has been really special. We've got twenty people, and they're from all over. We've got a person from Colorado. We've got people from Canada. We've got people from North Dakota. We've got people from the sheriff's office here in Rapid City. We've got people from the police department. Um, what do you? As you've taught this several times, what do you hope they take away from it and what do you want to happen from here? If they can take away, like I said, we teach 12 lessons. And in those 12 lessons, if you could take three, four, five ideas, I'm saying ideas, we'd probably give them well over 100. Right. You take three, four, or five and you can apply those consistently on a daily basis to your personal and professional life, you're going to have what you talked about and did a great job talking about it is growth. Growth in how you live, growth in how you do your job, and really, I think that's the end game. Just getting better. Absolutely, that's my take. Tony. And you, you know, we talked about what we get out of it. When we have a class in like three now in a row, but today, when you start out and you see four or five people, when you're talking about someone special in their life that made a difference, and they have tears in their eyes, you know, these people care, and right. they want to come home safe. But not just safe as physically, mentally they want to become safe and and lead a very rewarding and self-fulfilled life. And if we can make that difference through the training, and Lacey, what you did as far as, you know, the physical fitness part of it and 
just talking about health and diets and sleep. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that these officers need to be refreshed in and reminded that they have to take care of themselves first before they can take care of others. And, and to expand on that, Lacey is an expert in her field, and she'll say, oh, I'm a civilian, but she is a pioneer <laughs> of the reason why we're here. She has tremendous knowledge. She's helped really from, from the foundation build this program up to where it is today. And it's just tremendous that you're here. Thank you. And we have that Thank expertise. You. And we yeah. learn. Exactly. I mean, I have learned so much from you in the I class. I appreciate that. You know, I, I um, am in, I'm truly inspired every time we do this course because you remember why you do it. And you're with these people that are truly good people that want to make a difference in the world. And, and I think that's um, just such a great thing to be a part of. Um, you both are NA grads. And that's a big piece of your life. Both of you have gone through the FBI National Academy, and um, I haven't gotten the opportunity as a civilian to go through that, but um, I feel like I've been very much connected to this, you know, uh, it's almost like a fraternity, if you will, of people that want to make the world a better place. It's a connection that you all have. And the FBI National Academy's Officer Safety Wellness Committee um, is kind of a sub subcommittee that's off of that that is really looking to you know spread this out across the country um how has the fbi national academy supported you and your career growth and you know where do you see this going sure so um again there's another uh, there's there's a bunch of people that deserve that credit national academy obviously they empower us they allow us to be here they um, are able to get grants to then go out throughout the nation and allow this training to happen. So we're here on a grant. South Dakota has it for this section, if you will. But um, Joe Collins is a gentleman out of uh, Wisconsin, Two Rivers, Wisconsin. Right. And uh, chief of police there. He, he's been just a tremendous asset, not only to the N.A., but to law enforcement across the nation. Uh, Buddy Johnson, Randy Rickard. There's so many people, and I'm sorry for those that I missed, but... The we'll NA, get them on the podcast yeah, later. <laughs> and the NA has allowed this to happen. Yeah. And to, to think of an organization, of, I believe there are about 17,000 people mm-hmm. worldwide. And uh, they believe in it. They support it. And they mm-hmm. kind of put their money where the mouth is and say, all right, we're going to go and we're going to educate. Right. And tell me another organization that, that does that. Right now, I think they're the only one that comes to mind. Um, that and people aren't doing this to make money. And that's no. what's so... How much did you make, Tony? I didn't make anything. That's good. <laughs> Tony. I, did, I did actually get a lot in return. It doesn't have a monetary value. But, right. you know, the FBI, you know, it's been over 25 years since I went. But that was one of the highlights of my career, not just to have that signature that you went to the FBI. It was the officers you got to meet, the relationships, and the contacts, and... This is why this program is so great that you have the credibility of the FBI behind it and their full support. So we're really, um, I can't believe how lucky we are to have the FBI as a square. And Lacey, you know, you said you didn't have a chance to go through the FBINA, but if there was an honorary membership, (laughs) you'd be one that would obviously be. I think she should teach too. Um, it's such a great organization, and I've had the opportunity to go to a couple of conferences, and you just feel like everybody is completely on board and connected in, in a very unique way. Um, I'll say that St. Louis Conference was the best conference I've ever been to, awesome. and I've been to a lot of conferences, um, you know, for different reasons, but there was something really special about this group, and um, that's why I continue to, to want to support it and work, obviously, with you guys. 
Um, as we continue moving forward, um, where do you see this going as far as this training? Um, just you know, like, is this going to take off internationally or is it? Well, Joel is, I mean, the Joels, Joel Collins and Joel here, they've been outside of the United States. I guess we were in Canada yeah, that's a couple true. Canada, weeks ago. We got Canada and, people here today. Yeah, and yeah. Um, it's only a matter of time before this catches on. Resiliency and wellness is a big thing. Mm -hmm. But the more people that see it, the bigger the message gets and the stronger we get. And the one thing this is about is we help each other. Yeah. And yeah, well that's said. what it's all about. Absolutely. You know, and, and what you see here is we come and we train 20, like we said, mm -hmm. uh, in this class. But it just doesn't stop there. The idea is to motivate them, to empower them, to say, how are you now going to apply this to your area? Right. And so I know in Addison, Illinois, we did one. And they created a, a task force team, a resiliency task force team just outside Chicago. And their goal is to get every police officer in 32 municipalities trained up in resiliency in the next seven years. And every agency or department may take it and do their own yes. kind of thing that, right? Yeah. And you can do this at a roll call. Mm -hmm. You can do this for 15, 20 minutes. You can do it in an hour block. If you're on 12-hour shifts, do you have a training day? If you're on 10-hour shifts, can you bring them in two hours early? There's, there's no concrete way to do this. It's fluid. Right. Make your changes. Use the course content that, of the FBINA, but... Take the knowledge, yeah. apply it how you can apply it. Yes, exactly. And then that's how it's going to work, and that's how it's going to get its tentacles and really get far-reaching in a rapid sense. Yeah, they're motivated. I mean, when we saw those officers today, you could just see they were motivated to go back to their agencies and spread the word. And, yeah. you know, every department's going to have to tailor fit it how it fits their needs. But at the end of the day, the more people that get this message that are in, in um, law enforcement, and hopefully the fire departments and the dispatchers mm -hmm. and the jailers, we can make a difference to have people just take a breath sometimes and get balanced and grounded before um, they do something that they'll regret. And what I love too, it's we're not we're speaking to all age groups, yep. all the veterans, the rookies, everyone in between, but. The people that I think almost, if you want to say stereotype and get it the most, it's the veterans. It's the right. middle-aged people that are saying, where's this training? Where has this been? Why They're, didn't I get this yeah, when I was growing up? Yeah. I, yeah. Man, this would have helped me so much more if I would have yeah. known A, B, and C. So they're hungry for it, and you can see it, what Tony was saying in their eyes. They want it, and they want to help out the younger guys yeah. within their agency and gals. Um, there was one thing, Joe, that you talked about that I think everybody should hear. The, while we were here at this training that I had not heard really before about the millennials. Oh, yeah. Can yes. you tell everybody what you said about the millennial sure. population? So when we come up with the uh, millennials, we always hear, oh, these kids, they don't know what they're doing or they don't appreciate the work that we had to do. And, and the list goes on and on. And I always like to hit them with a bit of a quote. And I say, hey, who can tell me who said this? Uh, the quote is, children now love luxury. They have bad manners, contempt for authority. They show disrespect for elders and love chatter in the place of exercise. And I throw that out there and I try to look at the veterans and say, who said that? And in class, somebody said, Gerald uh, Ford. Gerald Ford. <laughs> and said, great, great guess, but you're not even Wrong. close. You got to keep going back to your grandfather's grandfather, 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 because yep. Socrates said that quote. So this is something that we are always trying to put onto the generation and it's all their fault. But you know what? We have to create a culture change within law enforcement. Yep. Break the cycle and say, you know what? 
maybe we're all broken in some way and don't pass the blame except where we're at put your best foot forward and make a positive change yeah it's time to pull the rope in the same direction and look out for each other and get this message across and save some lives and save some heartaches that's what it's all about this course is um, at the end of the day, a lot about perspective and how yeah. you see the world. Um, that's one of the things that I always take away from it. Even after we finished up class yesterday, we were talking and I was like, maybe I'm mind reading or maybe I'm, you know, <laughs> and you start to look at the way you see the world a little bit differently after you've interviewed. Sure, through your own right? lens, right? Yeah. That's what you start to do. And I tell you, my wife loves it. I go to these things because she says, you come back, recenter, refocus. Right. You know, and... But yeah, we fall into those traps, like you're saying, and, and how we view certain things. And it's nice just to get grounded, yeah. as I like to Absolutely. say. Absolutely. Tony? No, it's good for us. Exactly. We get reasonable. Yeah, we do. So I get more out of this than probably the people that we're teaching. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they learned a lot from our students in this class. Uh, they were incredible. How we cool. We had three amazing. students that got up and then got up in front and taught through their own experiences through their own issues that they were handling, yep. how they handled and or failed along the way, but they taught us. They taught us a lot. And so that's lessons. where we're not just teachers, we're facilitators, and it was pretty awesome to see oh, that. Oh, that was remarkable. And that, I mean, I think the class really, really got a lot out of that, realizing yep. this isn't just an instructor. This is one of my fellow students that's getting up talking this class. Yeah, and after... Today, I heard, Tony, this was the first time I've heard you, um, or that's the first time I've taught with both of you, but Tony, when you did the mindfulness meaning-making um, section, I really loved how you presented that from your experience. You talked about um, acceptance and meaning-making, and you really brought your own experience into that, and, you, uh, and then you introduced mindfulness, which is something that I don't think people expect for a person who's a retired chief of police to be teaching about. And uh, that's the thing that I love about it. It's like it flips everybody's mindset around, wait a minute, all of the things that I believed about meditation and, you know, that this was not for me, maybe maybe I will be willing to listen to that. So um, can you talk a little bit about your perspective on Right. I mean, it's really funny. The older you get, you know, you look back and you think, boy, when I was on 25, 30, 40 years ago, we didn't have training like this available, and you never talked about getting help or talk about doing some sort of medication or meditation. You didn't think about that. And now there's just so much available that someone can do meditation. They can get themselves grounded. They can worry about, you got everybody's talking about sleep apnea and not getting good sleep. Yep. Right now, we have all that available that you can go and get. Um, help with and reach out, but just going online with some of the apps that are available, you know, people can go and it really doesn't cost them a cent other than just trying it out and see if it helps them um, feel better about themselves and, and yeah. feel, feel good. And you said today, and Joe, you were talking about the, the YouTube to go to sleep. If you're struggling to go to sleep, yeah, there are really simple meditations that you can YouTube for absolutely free. It doesn't cost you a dime. You could set it for three minutes, five minutes for just for sleep. If you want uh, spiritual meditation, you've got that. But to your point, too, how cool is Tony sitting here, retired guy, all his wisdom that we could learn from. 
and he's he's accepted it and because he's seen, yeah, you it works. Do this. It works. Yeah, it works. My <laughs> yeah. wife says it works. Yeah, it works. It works. It's that stigma of you want me to do what? Right. You tell police officers in a in a training room to close their eyes. I can bet half of them are going to look up to see who's really doing this. But we got to get rid of that. That's changing that culture and saying, hey, really dive into this. Don't put your toe in. Dive in. Yep. And guess what? It's going to work. And it's going to help you. You're on midnights. You can't sleep. Yeah. Try this. It Absolutely. might help. Yeah, um, it's not just, you know, sleeping. It's about just relaxing. Yeah. You yeah. know, before they go on a hunt, they get done with like a high-speed chase or a real, um, a call that gets their adrenaline going. Just take in two or three minutes and just med- quick meditation, some breathing skills to get you back balanced so you don't lose your temper, you don't lose your cool, you don't have a heart attack. That's what it's all about is taking yeah. care of yourself. Absolutely. Um, both of you have a wealth of knowledge and experience. Um, I just got one, maybe two final questions. Number one, um, could you talk about what you think are the the biggest struggles law enforcement officers are facing today and then second could you tell me what 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 do you think is is the answer what what are you doing about it um what i see today tony you you tell me what you've seen too um i think it's that it's that work-life balance right you have to you have to walk this or, or dance this delicate dance where you um have a healthy home life and yet you still show at work, you're committed, and yep. you're there. Um, 12-hour shifts, 10-hour shifts, it, it brings you away from your organization for that much longer, right? right. And uh, then people say, well, how committed are you? But then how committed are you supposed to be at home? So that's a huge struggle that we have right now. And then, I, as I talked earlier, stigmas. Stigmas of saying, hey, I've got a problem and I need help. Um, if you said, hey, I've... I've got asthma and I need an inhaler. No big deal. Hey, I've got high blood pressure. I'm going to take some blood pressure pills. Hey, I'm depressed and I need to talk to someone and maybe get on medication. I don't think we're there yet. We're making good steps to getting there, but it's still that stigma of, oh, I'm that, I'm that person. I'm that guy. I'm that gal. I can't speak up, but we need to break down those barriers to say, no, you can open forum, get the help you need. Because they've your department probably has invested in that person right. and they want to see you succeed. And guess what? No one's perfect. We're gonna have faults, we're gonna make mistakes, get them the help that they need. So work life balance and uh, getting down stigmas is yeah. what I see. I love it. Yeah, and, you know, Thanks. law enforcement has changed so much. You look at the call load that people have now, the officers on the road. It's not just the uh, small little thefts and that it's violent crimes and it's mental health issues and drug issues that they're dealing with. You never had these um, shootings, mass shootings. There's a lot of stress on the officers right now and to do the right thing. And they're getting challenged because it's hard hiring cops. So what happens, they have to work a lot of extra hours and overtime. That's all time away from their their family. And sometimes they just need to take off, ground themselves, spend some quality time with their families, get refreshed. So mentally and physically, they're healthy and ready to go perform. Yeah, well said, Tony. Very, very well said. Well, it has been really great to do this short interview with you guys. I really appreciate it. Thank um, you, Lacey. Lacey, it's been great. Everything everybody said about you, you are a rock star. <laughs> you are. Thank you Boy, so much. Boy, I got a question for Lacey. Why do you do it? Um, 
I want to make the world a better place. And I believe that our first responders put their lives on the line for the public and that we need to be figuring out ways to take care of them. Um, very similar to the work that I was doing for the military. I, I fully believed in, you know, I think that if people are risking their life for us, we need to figure out how to take care of them in, uh, at the end of the day. Um, that's that's my purpose, that's my why. And, um, you know, now I'm married to a first responder as well, which has kind of shifted my perspective uh, on things. You know, when we worked for the military, we were both civilians, both supporting the military, but now I'm actually kind of sitting on the other side and I can mm-hmm. see from the spouse side that we need to be doing this work to take care of the family. Um, because I think if you have a, a strong family unit, then, then you're gonna have a strong officer going to work every day. Um, they can do their job. So that's my why. Awesome. Well, thank you <laughs> so thank much. Yeah, thank you guys. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll look forward to getting this one out to um, all of our many uh, tens of listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that does it for this week's podcast. Good Thank job, you. Lacey. Thank you so Hosted much. Hosted one heck of a podcast there. Thanks. Uh, it was just wonderful to get, get to sit down and talk to Tony and Joe over the over that training. I learned so much from both of them. They are absolutely a wealth of knowledge and um, you know combined experience between the two of them. I think we can all learn something from, yeah. from people like that. Anytime you get a chance to sit down with people that kind of experience, uh, I just like to, to listen because you're going to get something. Yeah, a lot of nuggets in there. Um, if you're interested in learning more about what the FBI National Academy's Officer Safety Wellness Committee does, uh, you'd be interested in bringing training like that maybe to your area, you can check out the webpage at fbinaa.org. We'll put the website um, email or the web address in our show notes. And uh, we always love to hear from our listeners. So if you just have a question, just contact us. Yeah. And if you're interested in the types of trainings that Chris and I can do for families, um, check out our webpage. We'll put our webpage as well in the show notes. Um, we've got some interesting things, some downloads and um, just general information for, for first responders in there. Yeah, so. thanks. Tune in. Um, next episode is going to be good. Yeah, we're going to be talking about shame triggers. Yep. So I don't want to shame you into listening to it, but you really should. <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks.